everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. With me today is Andrew Joseph, For the Win writer and World Cup expert. Andrew, would you qualify yourself as an expert? If you call me an expert, I'll go with it. (laughs) I feel like out of everybody on staff, you're probably the most qualified to talk about the World Cup. You and Nick. Yeah, I, I feel like, I know Nick and I watch a lot of soccer. Steven watches a lot too, but yeah, after after losing Luke and Nate, we we have to hold down the fort as the FTW soccer bros. Yeah, that's true. We've uh, we've lost a couple of heavyweights, but you guys have admirably stepped up uh, to to fill all the roles. Um, so yeah, so as I was saying, it's been a crazy two weeks, uh, a little bit longer than two weeks, actually, almost three weeks, right? Yeah, it's been. I think was it June sixteenth was the first map, so we're so we're coming on. Four weeks yeah. of World Cup action. Jeez, I don't know why I compressed the timeline to just two weeks, honestly. It, it <laughs> feels very long and very short at the same time. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we've got the final on Sunday. But before we get the final, we've got a third place game happening on Saturday. So two relatively important games. Um, before we get into that, though, let's just take a look at the World Cup uh, overall. What were kind of the biggest surprises of the tournament for you? I think if we're looking at teams, it has to be Croatia just because this was a, a team that fired their manager back in October and then replaced him with, with Dalic, and they finished behind Iceland when they were qualifying for the World Cup, and they got the same team again in their group, and then they go out and not only beat Iceland but win the group and then go on this crazy run to the World Cup final. Um, I think just in terms of it being... If you looked at the the tournament and the bracket beforehand, very few people would have thought Croatia would have made the final. So I think by far they're they're a big surprise. Russia was a surprise too because mm-hmm. they were the the lowest ranked team in the entire tournament and they made it to the quarterfinal. I think a lot could be said about they had a really easy path to get there, but they still beat Spain. So they were surprising there, and that was a cool story just for it being in Russia and the people there getting behind their team, but in terms of a, a team that made a pretty shocking run to the final, I think Croatia will definitely be the, the biggest surprise out of this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think that Croatia was one that, you know, they kept having to win in penalty kicks. Like, we have talked a lot about uh, their fitness level because they've played such really long games. So, you know, they've kind of scrapped their way into into the final, which has been surprising. Um, I yeah. agree with you on Russia as well. It seems... Uh, Host countries tend to do better than expected. I've noticed that, you know, that's been one of the stats that's also come out from the World Cup. Um, but the fact that they upset Spain was was huge. Yeah, definitely. Just being the 70th ranked team. And Spain isn't as good as they've been. I think 2010 was when they won it. That was their peak. Mm-hmm. They had everybody in the prime of their career. And then in Brazil, you kind of saw the end of it. And so Spain's kind of in an identity crisis. They don't really know what direction they're going, but still they're way more talented than Russia is and they shouldn't have lost that game. Are there any, um, the early exits like Brazil, uh, Argentina, was that surprising? I think Germany was the most surprising because if you looked at how how they played throughout, even qualifying, they were the kind of team that had an entire structure going and they were always so organized. And then for whatever reason, when this tournament started, they just couldn't get it together. They lost that, that first game to Mexico, which was an upset, and then you thought maybe they would bounce back when they had that really awesome win against Sweden. But 
know they had that last game on the line and they lost. So yeah. I think that was just one of those shocking things to see Germany, who was probably regarded as the strongest team with Brazil heading in to lose so early. Argentina was a surprise based on its name, just because Argentina and Messi, like you'd think they would be great, just but you know they needed a, a hat trick from Messi in qualifying to even make the World Cup. And the past few years, they just hadn't been a team that had been in sync or together. And it, it goes back. It's the pressure that's put on Messi and that entire group. But that's a that's a team that really, for the past decade, has not put together a cohesive performance. They, they made the, the World Cup final uh, last time around kind of scrapping through, but they never looked like a team that could actually win it. And this year, they, it all kind of came off for them. Yeah, it, it is very hard. Um, I mean, they're defending champs, but it's very hard to get back there. And like you said, with Messi, it you kind of get blinded by star power a little bit yeah. and, and expect one person to carry the entire team, which he did admirably for a while. Um, but that is not that's not going to be enough to take you all the way to the championship. So looking ahead to Saturday's game, um, it's the third place game, and we've talked about this for a while. Does does that even matter in a tournament like the World Cup? I really, I really think it doesn't, and it's like the the most depressing thing for everybody involved because you know the players in it are coming off probably the most disappointing moment of their international soccer career. Like they were so close to the World Cup final, and then they have to. Oh yeah, we play this game for a bronze for a bronze medal. Like just to turn around from that, I think it's the mindset. Whenever you watch a third place game, it's it's usually not that entertaining. Like nobody wants to be there. Yeah, even the fans, even the fans, they get those tickets from like a lottery. So it's kind of a letdown in that regard. <laughs> where when you apply ahead of time to get World Cup tickets, and then you get rewarded with a third place game. <laughs> So it's not great. It just seems like a money grab. Um, I went to back when the Copa America was in the U.S. I Mm -hmm. went to the third place game that was U.S. Columbia, and it was in Phoenix. And they they opened up the whole stadium, and there was maybe twenty thousand people there out of the seventy thousand seats. So it was like just kind of the epitome of a third place game it was so depressing if we really want to be a part of it it you know I think that maybe if you were Iceland or even Croatia honestly like if you were Iceland or Croatia and really regarded as the underdog or Russia and you were playing in the third place game that might maybe yeah. make it a little bit easier but I mean England and and was it England and Belgium have to and play Belgium. in have to play in a third place game and that seems you know that just seems a cruel at this point like you said they're coming off the biggest most devastating loss of their international careers for sure yeah those are two teams that are like they go into it expecting to win the world cup belgium there was their golden generations like last attempt to finally win a world cup and then england they kind of captured the whole the whole attention of the nation with the it's coming home and all that and they were playing so well up until when they lost yeah. the other day and it's like oh yeah we're not <laughs> actually coming home we still have to play belgium in a rematch of what was probably a really dreadful group stage game uh-huh. no team really yeah. so it, it could just be another zero zero kind of game again all right well that sounds like a total depressing downer of a game um yeah 
<laughs> but we'll be Saturday watching. If you want to watch. Yeah, but it's Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. if we're going to watch, and we are going to be watching. Um, all right, so before we preview the final, though, we're going to take a second and hear a word from our advertisers. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then, once you've found the one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken's loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, Andrew, so as we look ahead to Sunday's game, which is bound to be more exciting and entertaining than Saturday's game, uh, what do you think we can expect to see? I think that we definitely can expect to see a really entertaining game. It doesn't have the the wide appeal that England-France would have had just from a selling standpoint, but... You know, you have Croatia, who's going for their first ever World Cup title. And it's a team that has gone to ex- uh, gone into extra time in each of the knockout stage games. Like, we keep on questioning how far their fitness can go, and they keep on winning. So, like, I read something today that, like, Luka Modric has ran 39 miles this tournament, which is the most out of any player. It's just ridiculous how... He, he's in his 30s and he's kind of the end of his international career and he's still putting together those kinds of performances. And then when you look at France, it's finally like you, a, a likable French team where you have fun personalities, young players showing off a ton of skill. And those two styles are going to combine into what could be a really entertaining game. Yeah, I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by Sunday's game, to tell you the truth. Like you said, they're... You know, obviously, people in France and Croatia aside, it doesn't have kind of the marquiness that England-France would have had. But uh, I think that we'll probably get a very entertaining game out of this. There, the World Cup, in a lot of ways, has been really exciting. Actually, from from previous World Cups, there's been a lot of surprises. There have been a lot of goals. There have been a lot of crazy moments. Um, some of the knockout stage matches have kind of failed to deliver on that promise. They've been a lot more defensive. Um, but I'm hoping that Sunday's final will, will kind of wrap everything up very nicely. Um, I am still disappointed that England is not in it though. I was very excited for, for that. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think cause, uh, just the star power involved on both sides would have been kind of the ideal match for a you know, world cup final, but Croatia still has a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. So I think just it going up against France, it, it, it'll still be entertaining. But yeah, like you were saying, England would have been pretty fun. 
So what about some breakout stars in the tournament? I feel like we've gotten, like you said, Modric, even though he's at the tail end of his career, is not a name that I was familiar with at all before World Cup action. Um, There's been a lot of players that have really kind of captured everybody's attention. Who's on the top of your breakout stars list? I think for me, it has to be Francis Kylian Mbappe. And it's like a huge gap between like who's second. Because Mbappe, he, he's only 19 years old, and he's like arguably having the best tournament out of anybody in this World Cup. And he, he has three goals, and he's like shown off what, what has been like incredible skill. His speed is ridiculous. There was one part, part, uh, part where he went kind of untouched to draw a penalty and just blew by the entire defense. And he has that kind of speed to do that. And then his playmaking ability, he had that, that back heel against um against belgium which was absolutely ridiculous and Giroud couldn't bury it but if he did it would have been like the goal of the world cup so like for him to be this good at that young it's kind of like that he has generational potential where he can be i don't want to like put like to say he'll be up there with the ronaldo or messi but to be that young and this good i wouldn't say it's out of the question yeah, we were talking about Mbappe on the Facebook live shows that we've been doing, and that was kind of the question too, is that he's just one breakout performance away from really taking over a mantle of international stardom. So I agree with you. He's, again, like you said, he's a 19. Um, and another thing, like he seems like a really nice guy. He's giving all his World Cup bonus money to charity. You know, he's done a lot to kind of just endear himself to, to everyone, not just people in France. Yeah, definitely. And he, he has the, as he, he plays alongside Neymar at PSG. And then with Ronaldo moving to Juventus in Italy, there's going to be a lot of discussion about whether Mbappe will be the replacement for Ronaldo in Madrid. So, like, regardless of what he does uh, in, in Sunday's match, he's already made himself a ton of money going forward in, in his professional career. Yeah, so he's been great to watch. Um, anybody else stand out for you? I think Harry Kane has had a really good tournament, and no, it, it's it's sad for England that he didn't get to be the hero to actually bring that World Cup title back. But to have six goals in the World Cup, and he almost he almost had a seventh uh, the other day. I, I don't think that you can look at Harry Kane's performance compared to to past England captains and say that he's disappointed. I think he's exceeded expectations. And he's still young, and he'll still be back there in four years. So I think that England is in, in great hands with his current captain. And I think he he only improved his standing in terms of being an international superstar going forward. That's very true. One of the other questions that we talked about on our Facebook Live broadcast was, who's the most popular Harry in England right now? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it is Harry Maguire, who is affectionately referred to as Slabhead? Is it Harry Kane? Or is it Harry Prince of Wales? Or, or whatever his new title is? I think I think if, uh, if England had won, it would have easily been Harry Kane. Yeah, I think but so too. <laughs> I, I think it's a close. I think Prince Harry might be up there. But... Uh, Harry Kane is is really popular. No, yeah, it's, it's tough to pick. <laughs> exactly. There's a, there's a lot of Harrys competing for attention over there across the pond. Um, all right. Any closing thoughts? You you've been really great giving us your for the win World Cup knowledge so far. Yeah, I just think that regardless of how anybody feels about soccer, it's always fun to watch the World Cup final, and 
it's kind of just the spectacle of the entire event and get appreciate the skill both sides so to know what it will mean to either country to win on sunday i think just it, it's a really cool event to tune in to watch even if you're like ted burke who doesn't like soccer <laughs> it, it's still worth watching that's true. Ted Berg has kind of made his name as the anti-soccer person on on the staff. So I love the World Cup. I mean, I think it's been really fun. And I'm very casual, right? Don't watch a lot of soccer during the regular season at all. But it's always fun to watch the World Cup. Um, predictions? Uh, I think France wins 3-1. to Ooh, wow, bold. Okay, I was rooting for yeah. France. I'm not sure I have a prediction. But I, I do think that France seems to have... A, a little bit more stability um, in terms of just how they've played throughout the entire tournament. So I, I was going to go a little bit lower, though. I was going to go 2-1, France 2-1. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think both both are good picks. I think France is really battle-tested, mm-hmm. so I think they'll be ready for Sunday. All right, we'll see if Croatia can pull out the upset or not. The game is on Sunday at 11 a.m. Um, Andrew, thanks again for hanging out with us, and thank you guys for listening. Thanks for having me.